This is episode number 67 with John Jance. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? It's a big week-to-week because I've got a big handball tournament coming up in Toronto. It's the Canadian National Championships, and I'm going with my New York City uh, club team up there. So getting ready, training hard for that, and very excited about what's to come for our team. So wish us luck as we go up to Toronto to compete for the handball championships up there. Uh, Big episode this week. It's all about sales. Now, a lot of you may think I don't like to sell or selling is sounds sleazy or selling is for car salesmen or whatever it may be. But in fact, in reality, everyone is in sales. And if you want to be successful, then you need to understand how to sell effectively. And there's ways to sell without being aggressive or out having to reach out to people or cold call or go knock door to door or do anything like that that you don't like. There are ways to actually attract people to you so that you don't have to sell, that they're already sold before they even come to you. Now, what would it be like if you had any type of product, service, or business and you didn't have to ever pick up the phone once to make a call or ever incentivize someone to to buy something or ever discount your products or ever have to hard sell anyone. Imagine what would life be like if all you had to do was be there to answer people's questions and they were already bought and they were already sold on what you were offering. That's what we talk about in today's episode with John. If you guys don't know who John Jance is, he's the author of Duct Tape Marketing and the Referral Engine, and he's got a new book out called Duct Tape Selling. Think like a marketer, sell like a superstar. And it's pretty cool. It covers a lot of the different ways that you can really attract uh, potential customers to you as opposed to you having to go out there and hard sell anyone anything. And it talks a lot about the product and the process of sales as well. So I think you're really going to like this episode. Uh, John's a straight shooter, a great guy. He's been doing this for a long time, has a lot of experience, has been on the speaking circuit for a long time. He's very trusted by big companies, small companies, entrepreneurs, everyone. So this one is is a good one. And it's all about understanding the sales process. And again, it's not what you think. So make sure to uh, get out your pen and paper, get ready to take some notes. This is going to be a good one for anyone. If you're a creative entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, if you're uh, in in marketing, if you're in sales, whatever you're in, this is valuable. Even if you don't have a business yet, this, it's important to understand how to attract customers without you having to sell. So I think you're going to like this no matter what position you're in. Now let's go ahead and dive into this episode with John Jance. With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Thanks again, everyone, for coming back on the School of Greatness. I've got my friend John Jantz on the call today. What's up, John? Hey, how you doing, Louis? Doing great. And we, uh, when did we first connect? Was it like three or four years ago at a blog world yeah, or something? Yeah, one of those conference type of things. You know, of but, I, I, but obviously, I was, I was familiar with your work prior to that. But yeah. uh, it is nice to actually uh, put, a, put a face with the, the digital footprint. Yeah, yeah. John's uh, been crushing it for years, much longer than I even started knowing about online marketing. He was doing it like 10 years before that. So he's really the guy that a lot of people go to when they want to learn about online marketing, I would say. You've kind of got it all down from a traditional business sense, offline marketing, you've brought it online, you're taking the online offline, you're really good at doing all that. So yeah, well, uh, and then that's kind of where I started. I mean, I'm, I'm actually you, you were kind and just said, I've been doing this a long time. I'm really old is what it part. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I started my business before we were even doing any of this online stuff. And yeah. so I kind of feel like I have, I don't know if it's a place or it's just uh, my cause is is sort of to you know, make all of this stuff real and not not hypey, and and realize that there, are, you know, the accountant out there that uh, that's you know working in his community uh, needs this stuff the same as that person that's you know creating apps and and wants to you know make a fortune online. Right, right. And you've got you've got this new book out. It's called uh, Duct Tape Selling: Think Like a Marketer, Sell Like a Superstar. And a lot of people get confused with marketing and selling. And I guess I wanted to ask you quickly, what's the difference between marketing and sales? Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not really helping that confusion because <laughs> basically what I'm saying is they're 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 almost the same thing, or or at least they need to be so fully integrated mm. that there's no longer this. Well, marketing owns the message, and the salespeople own the relationship. I I think the way that people buy now has changed so thoroughly that that those two really have to be almost one and the same. They they certainly have different functions, particularly in a larger organization uh, where you know there is a sales department, there is a sales team. But what I'm trying to promote in this 
book is that it's all about the buyer's journey. And we have to, both in sales and marketing, kind of act as a guide in that journey. And we've got to be on the same page. We've got to be together uh, to do that. And and really, you know, I started out writing this book because, you know, the traditional salesperson, I mean, in a lot of ways, we don't need him anymore, right? I mean, they right. we, we got access to all this perfect information. And so we don't need somebody to show up and tell us what this year's features are on, on the product. We need somebody who can really add value very early on in the process, uh, stand out, you know, as an authority, as an expert that we can actually find and go to and say, okay, how can you help me think bigger about this problem as opposed to, you know, how can you probe for solutions, uh, to, you know, to the problems that I already know I have. Mm. So when you think of like the ultimate salesperson or saleswoman or man, what does that person look like today? What do they do to guide you through this selling process? Yeah, I, I I think in the first part of that equation is it's probably a different person than we t- traditionally think of as right. the like the car the salesman or whatever. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You know, the people person uh, kind of person because actually I think some of the most effective salespeople today are are engineers and technical people and service people that you know that are really good at educating perhaps and really good at uh, you know thinking analytically about uh, problems or or or. You know, we're very good at research, and they're they're actually helping me understand problems that I haven't encountered yet. So I think that I think companies, and I talk about this in the book. I I do think companies need to rethink a little bit the profile or you know who they hire. But after that, I I really think that that it's that person that really can offer can can dig in and uh, produce content. You know, build a reputation. Think about building a reputation for expertise. So they're getting up to a podium and speaking. They're writing blog content. They're they're aggregating and curating, you know, all the best of the best uh, that's out there on the web or in an industry. And they're they're digesting it for a prospect or for a customer and and really spitting it out um, in a in a you know a much more concise or insightful way. Uh, they're using all of these social tools and social networks to really connect not to not to necessarily mine and prospect but to to really go deeper in companies and start finding ways to not only connect with people at a company but but maybe connect their connections <laughs> together uh, and really you know that uh, again I think if I could boil the whole book down you know I talk about all these practices it's really the person that del- that's the most useful mm. delivers the most value <laughs> uh, yeah. that that wins today I mean that's really how you can boil it all down yeah I really feel like whoever can solve your problem in the easiest way make it seem so simple for you and so you know take the pain away from you whether it be the information you need uh you know the time the energy the the solutions whatever it may be whoever can solve the problems the easiest the fastest i feel like is going to get you know it's going to generate a sale on whatever it is they're selling or they're offering yeah i think there's no question uh, uh, that that is true although i think that that the real superstars are actually going out and making people's problems visible and quantifiable that that in some uh, cases they didn't even know they had right here's, your, they here's your problem that you yeah, don't they know weren't even looking for you know necessarily or uh, or actually saying look you called me up because you said you want to be at two times what if you thought about 10 times you know what would that look like hmm. uh, and i think that that's you know that's sort of guiding and consulting um and pushing in some cases and and really even saying you know the, the, there's another great book that i cite a couple times uh in my book the the um, challenger sale i mean that that kind of person that's out there saying hey i know you said you needed x but and, and again it's not just being contrary it's actually saying you know have you considered this you know did you think about thinking bigger there and i think that uh, a couple things 
I think we provide more value uh, to the, the the people that we are in business with when we do that. Uh, but I also think we, it, it clearly differentiates you. I mean, if you're if you're actually defining the problem, uh, there's a lot of you you have a much better chance, mm. I think, of being the solution to the for the problem. Right, right. Now, why has the world of selling changed? And I know you talk about this, I think, on page two thirty three. But why why has it changed? Yeah, I, th- I think I talk about it. In, in multiple places, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I think the bottom line is because the world of buying has changed. Uh, and I, and I why, think that- why, is, it, why, is it cha- why is that changed? Well, I mean, because some of the things I talked about, I mean, the fact that we don't, not only do we not need a salesperson to show up and tell us the features and benefits, I mean, we don't really want that anymore. I mean, we, I think most buyers want to go online. They want to interact with the content that's out there. They want to see what their friends like or, or you know, get referrals from people mm. that, that they trust. And I think we want to gather our own information that way. It doesn't mean we won't then need somebody to help us sure. implement a solution, but I think what, what the, 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 you know, the waiting around, I mean, there's a statistic that I cite uh, um, from some research from uh, the, the CEB board that says 57, they, they surveyed 2,000 B2B buyers and they said 57% of them actually make a purchase decision, significantly, you know, move down the path of making a purchase decision before they ever contact a company. Um, so, if, you know, mm. today, you know, if you're going to be a salesperson, you're going to wait around for marketing to say, hey, we scored this lead. It's ready. You know, it's a hot prospect now. There's a really good chance all they want you to do now is show up and tell them how you can give them a lower price. Interesting. Uh, so, so, you know, if you're not out there, if you're not being found, you know, as a salesperson, uh, or if I'm not seeing you speak at a conference, or if I'm not reading your blog post, or if you're not, you know, providing value uh, to me before I ever start talking about buying something, it might be too late. Mm. And that's why you create so much content, I'm assuming online, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the tough part, uh, obviously. And, and, you know, one of the things I address in the book is that, you know, a lot of the things I talk about, some companies don't want their salespeople doing, or they they're not measuring them on things like social networking and and producing content. But I think that if you're going to get ahead today, you need to build. You know, even if your company's not supporting it, obviously the perfect world is your company is in lockstep sales and marketing, or you know, are working together in all of these you know inbound marketing and inbound selling uh, tactics. But if if not. Uh, the individual salesperson, I think, needs to think in terms of building what I'm talking about as an asset. You mm. know, their own their own platform that, in many cases, uh, can can really move with them uh, if uh, if indeed they you know either have an organization that that you know won't uh, embrace that or that's making it difficult for them to make a living. They can take that asset to, to maybe an organization that that will appreciate. Mm. And I, I think it's it's not much different than. It's really not much different than somebody going to night school to get an MBA, right? I mean, they're they're putting in the extra time, you know, around their family because they're trying to advance their career. And I think you can look at some of the things I talk about, like blogging and and you know, listening and and creating uh, you know customized content as as really a way to advance your career. Mm. My question is, how do you where do you get your ongoing inspiration to create this content that you do create, and how does someone get you know stay inspired or find new things to talk about when maybe they've already written about it or created content about it yeah i I mean that's a that's a great question and it's one that i hear all the time and the good news is uh and i actually have a whole section of of tools and ways that i get that inspiration but for a lot of salespeople, quite frankly 
you know, what are the questions that your customers or prospects are asking you on a daily basis? That's, that's, that's job number one, is if you're going to start writing content, why not write content that, that really parallels the, the questions that you get asked you know, frequently? Mm. Uh, because that, there's a really good chance that, that other people are, are interested in the answers uh, to, to those questions as well. So, so to me, that's, that's the most kind of on-target um, uh, content that you can create. Uh, after that, I think that that you you know again listening <laughs> is is the first step. Yeah. You know, subscribe to a hundred blogs in in your industry, in your clients' industries, uh, in you know related industries related to what you do. Maybe in industries that aren't related. I mean, one of the ways that you can provide value is is uh, is helping your clients in in things that maybe aren't related specifically to your uh, line of work. A, a great example. Is there a whole lot of businesses out there still struggling with social media and you know what to do in their marketing? And, sure. and you know, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of individuals can make themselves more useful. That that even if their you know their job is to sell X Y Z software solution, uh, if they can actually uh, become an expert in some other areas that they know uh, their clients struggle with, uh, I think they can add a tremendous amount of value by coaching in you know some of those other areas as well. And mm. I, I really think that while that's kind of counter to the you know close deals make calls you know mentality um, I think that's how you build long-lasting value or, or at least a reputation for for delivering value right in chapter seven you have the title is teaching sales and you say that teaching sales today you must attract leads community and opportunities by publishing educational content and this is something that I learned kind of stumbled upon early on which is what I realized teaching really does sell and I never thought of myself as a teacher uh, you know, after I was done playing football, I never thought, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. But really, that's what we are. And anyone who's doing online marketing, we're, we're teaching, we're educating, we're creating content and uh, showing showing how to do something or how to solve something. Yeah. And, and think of the think of the people that were attracted to that. Right. Whereas if you'd have said, Hey, I want you to come, I want you to come sit in front of me for 45 minutes while I sell you something. Right. right? Exactly. Not a whole lot of people are attracted to that, but I want you to come and I want to share this incredible information that I figured out on how to solve this the very specific problem that you have. Um, and then you pour your heart out you give that information and they walk away saying, God, that most guy knows what he's talking about. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's, you know, that for some, I mean, you and I have been doing this for a long time. And I think for us, it's like, well, duh, of course. Right. But I, but I think this concept is still fairly new, particularly for people who have been told, go make dials, go make calls, you know, knock on doors, cold call. I mean, that, that, you know, it's almost foreign to think, hey, go show up and give the cookies away. Um, and you will build so much goodwill that people are going to start asking you, you know, to come in and, and solve their <laughs> yeah, problems exactly. when they have them. And that, that, you know, for some people that, that, that's a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have a. I want everyone in when they get the book on page one hundred four. Well, I have an advanced copy, so maybe a different page. But page one hundred four. I want everyone to mark in an additional resource, and it says your personal listening list. And my podcast isn't in there, oh, so I want everyone okay. to go in there and add the school of greatness. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't. I don't think I launched it before you wrote this book. Though. Well, that's that, that's what the war, That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> you know, they, the, right people time. don't people don't realize this book process is like. A I know, I know. Process, you know, and I just I started this a year ago, so I completely <laughs> get. It. I'm just teasing you. Um, let me see what else we got here. What um. What is the marketing hourglass? What does that mean? I saw that on page yeah. 65, and I wasn't well, so, sure what that meant. 
yeah, that's something that I've actually been evangelizing, or I'm not sure if that's the right word, but it's something I created uh, probably about 10 years ago. And, and what it is, is it's really this idea that, you know, it borrows kind of from the marketing funnel. Uh, but but the difference here is that that I believe that people, you know, no longer kind of travel this linear path of, okay, come into my you know, marketing uh, funnel and right. drop a bunch of content on you and then we'll throw you over to sales and then uh, we'll, you'll buy from us and then we'll throw you your service and you'll be a loyal customer. Uh, the idea behind the marketing hourglass is that, that I believe that there are really seven behaviors that people actually want um, to uh, exhibit in, in, in the companies that they buy from and, and those seven behaviors are know, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer. And so the idea behind the hourglass is that that we need to build, you know, I keep using this term, you know, customer journey, but that we need to build content and processes and campaigns and touch points to to really logically move people down that that set of behavior, that path of behavior. And and that that organizations that really do that, that that look at, okay, once somebody comes to know us, you know, what are we going to intentionally do to make sure that they want to know more, or that they like what they're what they're seeing? Or what are we doing to intentionally build trust? Uh, what are we doing to get them to try our products and services? Obviously, once they buy, what are we doing to keep that experience as high as you know everything that led to that point? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we doing to make sure they get the results uh, that that we promised? What are we doing to make sure that they're so thrilled that they want to refer us? And companies that that think in terms of that journey, uh, and frankly, you, you know, you can build this kind of thing into a CRM system, uh, but at the very least, uh, it, it needs to be something that, that that you really look at the touch points and say, okay, we we need to build these intentionally. So many organizations, you know, are they're trying to make the phone ring, they're trying to get that lead, they're trying to get somebody to a landing page, right. uh, and then once they buy, we sort of forget about them, you know. Sure. And and a lot of what I actually talk about, and I think salespeople need to to be involved in this. In, in this process as well, is that, you know, what if we started with the assumption of rather than how do we make the phone ring, what if we started with the question, how do I make sure that 100% of the people that buy from us also want to refer us? Mm. And, and, you know, if you started from that point of view and worked backwards, you know, the whole phone ring thing would be pretty simple. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's so interesting because, you know, when I was starting out, I didn't, I was just learning and trying, you know, I was trying to get sales. I was trying to just get an income, yep. so generating sales. And then I was like, okay, how do I get new sales? And all I was looking for were new buyers. But I wasn't really cultivating the current buyers to, you know, ask for referrals, create other products and service for them, figure out what they, what else they needed. And uh, it took me about a year and a half until I started doing that. And I realized I probably missed out on a big opportunity. But how does someone, you know, what do they do to go about figuring that out? You know, they're looking at, you're starting out, trying to just get sales for one product you have. What do you do with those buyers next? Well, yeah, I mean, again, I, I talk about uh, working in reverse. So that idea mm. of, you know, what would it take for everybody to, you know, be so happy they would refer us. One of the things that I think that that, so let's say you create that one product. I like that idea um, though. You know, if, if you start with that, you know, wouldn't you start saying, well, if they're going to refer us, we're, we should give them this and we should make sure that we have this touch and we should make sure that, you know, 90 days after they buy, they're doing this and and they're getting this. And, and I think that, I think that if you design your products and launches that way, um, I think a lot. I think we would add a lot more value, um, and and mm. consequently, you know that you know that that's how you actually then you know turn around and generate you know more word of mouth and referrals. So but, you should actually think about this before you create the products, is what you're saying. I, I think so. I mean, uh, some of my most successful products are ones where where instead of saying what's the copy, what's the sales copy for this going to be, um, I, we actually started with what do they get after. They've been a customer for Interesting. 90 days. Interesting. I like that. After 60 days, after 30 days. So what do you, th I mean, okay, so I've got a product I'm launching in the next couple of weeks, an online course about um, how to generate six and seven figures with webinars. And it's something I've been doing for a long time and sure. been really successful at myself and teaching other people how to do. So what would you just give me some, you know, if you were me and I haven't created the whole course yet, so I've still got time to, you know, do this, what would you implement uh, in terms of like a, a 30 or 60 day plan, maybe just one or two little things that you would throw in in order to have the product almost sell itself because people want to refer it so much. Well, the big thing, as you know, um, maybe from the courses you've purchased and certainly from other things you've sold, I mean, you're not, they're not going to refer, no matter how good the course is, they're not going to refer you if they're not actually taking action on your advice, right. and getting results and, and all those. So I think you need to want, I, I think, uh, you need to build in what are some ways that I can build some accountability into this, mm. maybe some gamification, you know, some something where they earn extra rewards by, you know, actually participating. Um, I think that's probably the 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 biggest uh, missing ingredient from a lot of uh, online courses that I see. I mean, they can have tons and tons of great information, but 
if if they can't get people to consume and use and take action on the information, then the person's not going to get a result. And so, you know, then it's like, well, that that you know that stuff of Lewis's is no good, right? Because right. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> sure. So ensuring so, they take action. Yeah. So so putting some accountability loops in and 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 some you know make some games out of them taking quizzes or you know submitting their homework or you know something of that nature mm-hmm. having. You know, having uh, uh, whether it's weekly or you know some sort of Q and A session where they can like drop in and say, "I just didn't get this part, Lewis. You know, how do I fix this sure. or how do I do this?" And I mean, and and that's the part that I think starting with this, you know, how wh- how do we get them a result and working backwards? I I think it it ends up making you build more value into the product, which obviously costs you time and energy sure. and whatnot. But I think in the end, uh, th- they're going to get a better result. And th- and that's what's going to lead to people saying, hey, I, you know, I, this is this is the most awesome stuff in the world. Gotcha. I like that idea a lot. And I think that's something we can all do when we're creating or launching our products and services is to think about, you know, what they're going to get in the next 30, 60, 90 days to ensure they love it so much, they're getting the most out of it, that they're going to like rave about it and tell three or five of their closest friends who would want to buy it as well? Well, and I would, I, I'll tell you another strategy on the front end of that, uh, too, is that, you know, I think a lot of, one of the mistakes a lot of, um, particularly product or course type of people make is they go out and they design the course and they write it up and they say, oh, this is great. This is great. This is great. I'll put this module here, this tool here. And then they launch the course and, and people are like, well, I don't really get it. Or, you know, I don't right. really, <clears throat> I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, or I don't really want you know, that module, that doesn't mean anything to me. And, and so uh, another great strategy I think is on the front end, you know, go out to your kind of a customers or, you know, anybody that, that you think is your target market and start saying, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about designing a course. that looks like X mm. that be a value. Would you want that? And so then the people that say, well, yeah, that would be a value. Then, then it's like, okay, here's the outline for the course. Would that be a value? Okay, here's the beta for the mm. course. You want to take a look at it. and 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 I will tell you that that I have um, I know in my own you know personal development have really um, gotten such incredible insight um, and feedback and you know what the heck they catch the typos you know stuff sure. you know, stuff like that it, but but I think the real thing is you really kind of find out the rhythm on how to build this how somebody's going to use it now it's not you know it's not scientific research you're not necessarily you know going out to thousands of people but you really can find uh you can you can figure out what works you can figure out the size of the content you can figure out what people will do um in a way you know before and and it's not just a way to save yourself time and money i mean it's a way to make sure that when you do launch it to the bigger world um it's been something that that's really been developed with your community instead of for them i think that's brilliant and that's definitely something that everyone should take into consideration when they're doing any type of product or launch. So now, the only thing I would advise you is don't, I've seen people do this. Don't make the mistake of saying, would you pay $49 for this? Right, right, right. dollars or 149 Cause they have uh, absolutely no idea. And they'll so say, they'll pay, ask and they'll say they'll spend a thousand dollars, but then when you offer, ask them to buy it, yeah. though, they won't, they won't spend that yeah. much. So. The only thing that matters when it comes to price is exactly the case you've built at the moment. They're reading. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. What is your thoughts on pricing then? Get as much as you can. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, 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 <laughs> what's your what's your strategy for like pricing psychology? How to price something? How to know what something's worth? Uh, do you test it out first at a certain price you think the market could handle, or do you 
Do well, you sample? I, I, you know, I was going to say, I'm not sure I'm the world's greatest expert at that. What right. I really, my philosophy is build so much value that you can charge a premium. Yeah. Um, and that's really something that you have to kind of do on your own. And I will say that most people underprice uh, what they're doing, sure. but that's due in part because they're not willing to put the work in to either build the value or the mm. reputation, you know, on the front end. Sure. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big piece. Um, I, I tell you, there's a great book, um, Irrationally Predictable. Have you read that, but Diana, uh, Diana Rayleigh? I, I pretty much all my books on those topics, Derek Halpern reads and he just gives me the cliff notes. So <laughs> I, I well, he's just read, he's, read, Dan, every he's book. read Dan's book. I'm certain. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, that is really a great, interesting book about, um, about pricing and just about, you know, irrational behavior that, yeah. that people, you know, kind of do that you'd think, really? <laughs> they, they chose B um, in that option, but it, it's really fascinating, fascinating book. Because people buy more on emotions than they do on anything else, right? Yeah, the, there's there's no question about that. But but some of them are just irrational. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, you that's what's so fun about reading that book is that, you know, he sets up all these tests and he says, well, you know, would you do A, B, or C? And, and most people are like, oh, C, oh, no question. You know, but then he's got the research that that really backs up why people end up choosing, um, uh, you know, option B. And it and it Which just has like outrageous you know, price or something, or well, or just just weird little things like you know one of the one of the examples I remember off the top of my head is of course you know Amazon just kind of rocked the whole world with free shipping, yeah, right. And so they're charging five dollars more than everybody else, but you get free shipping. <laughs> and you know, so, so logically you'd think it's the same price or maybe you're even paying more for Amazon, but that free shipping thing just like trips mm. everybody's trigger. It's the emotional. And, yeah. 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 And so all of a sudden, you know, it's like, I'm no longer comparing because they've got free shipping. They, they literally forced the online <laughs> world into free shipping. It's crazy. Um, you know, nobody had a choice anymore. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Interesting. I love this stuff. Okay. What about building an email list? This is, uh, in my opinion, and I'm sure you're going to say one of the most important things that any entrepreneur or small business owner can do is build your list. And it doesn't matter how great your content is, if you're not really building that potential customer list, what did you say? Yeah. I, and, and that's one that, you know, I've been on a long time, um, online a long time, and that's one that's really kind of evolved and changed and it's been in and it's been out, you know, but I, I started building a, an email list because, you know, in, in say early 2000, you know, that was a, there were, there was no social media. There were, sure. you know, we didn't have followers and fans and things. Um, and it was pretty interesting that, uh, there's no question that that is and, and all kinds of research to back up that, you know, from a conversion standpoint, still, you know, even with open rates, you know, down, you know, I used to get 80% open rates. Wow. Can you imagine that Jeez. <laughs> you know, back in the day? Uh, I mean, even with, uh, with open rates, you know, down to, you know, next to nothing, it's still the, the highest converting form of any kind of marketing or advertising, uh, that's out there. Um, but, but, you know, what, what really makes it pay is when you do, and you mentioned Derek Halpern, you know, great, great example of somebody that not only obsesses about getting email subscribers really delivers a ton of value. People, People open. I would suspect that he has one of the higher open rates sure. out there because you know he's just so over the top with delivering value and and you know really his his community really relates to him. I mean he puts his his personality into mm. uh, into everything for good or bad. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Um, <laughs> and and so you know it's not just. It's not just put forms all over your stuff so that people will subscribe. Obviously, you have to have good content. That's what will attract people. But I think it's also the 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 way when when you realize how valuable it is, you know, you put the effort into to keeping that list. You know, I th I, I see a lot of people that 
I won't name any names, but I work with really large organizations all the time and and they'll do, you know, yes, we have a mailing list of 350,000, you know, subscribers and like two of them, you know, will respond sure. you know, to, to a deal that they put out, you know, and, and it's because they've just so abused their list. You know, it's a big company. They do lots of promotions. So they get lots of subscribers to download their, you know, free white paper or something, but then they just so abuse them that, that they basically, you know, either unsubscribe or they just completely ignore everything they send out yeah interesting okay but you'd say the lit but yeah so so go back to you know i guess i should actually answer the question (laughs) but uh but but no question um my most valuable asset um but one of the things that's really changed is now we have all these other other avenues and vehicles like twitter and and facebook and um the thing is though i still contend that what you want to do with any of those mediums is get somebody into your community in a way that they can hear from you frequently, they can mm. spread the word, they can share. And so participating in all those social networks is is very valuable, but I think you also need to think in terms of integrating that participation into, you know, other elements including uh email. I I Four or five years ago at Social Media Marketing World, I guess it wasn't four or five years ago, it was two years ago, it was the first one. <laughs> at Social Media Marketing World, I stood up in front of a whole bunch of room full of uh, social media um, you know, folks that were all you know, jazzed up on, on Twitter and Facebook and said the, 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 prime, or the best reason to participate in social media is to capture an email address. And you just thought I'd, you know, I, I had committed heresy. <laughs> um, but but you know, the point I was trying to make is that, that, you know, that sort of bringing people into the community in a way that, that um, they not only want to subscribe, but they want to hear from you in their email inbox. I don't care how many apps and, and you know, mobile devices and, you know, everything else that we end up creating uh, today, you know, email is still king. It is, yeah. And what are, what are just a couple, you know, keys or strategies you have for building an email list besides you know, you talk a lot about it here in the content yep, and, yep. And, and creating the content, but what are just some tips for you? Well, I, you know, this, I'll start off with a controversial one um, that uh, obviously when somebody, if you're driving traffic, if people are finding, people finding your content, they're coming to your website, you know, you want to make sure that, that that person who is reading something they think is valuable is also called <laughs> to subscribe to your email list. Sure. And so, you know, the, the kind of standard stuff like a form on every page, you know, that's, you know, in a sidebar or something, I think that's pretty obvious, but, uh, I, I still believe that, that, um, you know, the pop-ups, <laughs> uh, do, and again, I should define that. I mean, the, the, the old world, you know, pop-ups, uh, we're, we're pretty, um, uh, were pretty obnoxious, but uh, sure. some of the you clean know, stylus, clean yeah. pop-ups, they're actually pop-overs uh, that kind of take over the screen. They can be smart, uh, too. I mean, if you've come to my site in the last 30 days, I won't show you the pop-up. You mm-hmm. know, you, I won't show it to you because you click around on every page. I mean, the, you know, there's there, there's ways to make these, you know, more intuitive. You can have them, um, you know, somebody's got to scroll down farther in a page and read maybe half the content before they get it. So it's not just in their face right away. Um, but there's just, you know, as, as much as some of your listeners will write to you, Lewis, because of this and say, you know, I will never again, talk to anyone who has a pop-up <laughs> on their page, uh, because people are passionate about those. Yeah. Um, I, I have tested them and seen two and three and 400%, um, increase in, in subscribers. Now, 
the content's got to still be good. People have to want to receive your content or it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have. Uh, but that's certainly one of those that, that I think people should, um, should take the time to test uh, before they, they count them out. Um, the other kind of simple things, I mean, I use on my site a really simple plugin called uh, WP Subscribers yep. um, that you know allows me to put uh, a box at the end of my content. So you know somebody's read through uh, a blog post, and, and you know, I've got one of these sites that's been around a long time. I've got 3,000 blog posts. So I mean, I have people coming <laughs> in from you know content from 2004 and 2005, and, and that's the only page they came to, right? And so, um, so I want to make sure that at the bottom of that, they thought that was great. I give them the opportunity to say, hey, Never want to miss, you know, this great content again. So I think you you want to explore, you know, all of those kind of ways uh, to to be capturing um, leads. But I think you also want, or you know, email addresses. But but obviously, um, it, it the, the bar has been raised uh, to a degree uh, sure. that, that you know people don't want to give their people don't want any more emails. So they make <laughs> they they think long and hard about uh, who they who's give an email yeah, address up to, um, and yeah. so. You know, so even though it's free, uh, it better be worth it. Right. Now, I mean, 3,000 blog posts, that seems like so much. Do you outsource any of this or do you write it all yourself? You know, um, I have started running, uh, we run one blog post, one guest blog post a week. Mm. Been doing that for about a year, but uh, um, I actually started uh, blogging in August of 2003. Wow. So going on. Was Close I, to eleven was, years. Was I born then yet? I, yeah, that's uh, that's that is that is a really good question. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that was like before blogging was even. New, well, it was, it was really when it, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was really when it was created. We didn't call it blogging. Actually, yeah. it was a web blog um, yeah. that I created. And and to truthfully, I ha I had a product I wanted to sell online. It just seemed like a really easy way to to write content. I had already concluded that writing good content was how I was going to get SEO traffic. That part probably even in the early days was mm, true uh, as it is today. And so it wasn't like I had this crystal ball and said, this blogging thing is going to be huge. You know, I just saw it as a tool that would make it easy for <laughs> me to create content. Right, right. That's interesting. Uh, so you are doing some of the the content outsourcing then now. With yeah, so, blogging so and, yeah. yeah, and and I really recommend that people do that. Um, I I don't have the bandwidth to do a lot of guest blogging myself. Sure. It's out to other people's sites, uh, but I really recommend it for a lot of businesses um, as a as kind of a networking tool. Yep. So so don't just think of it as oh I need four blog posts. Let me get some poor schlep to write <laughs> something for me. You know, think right. in terms, uh, I, I really get a lot of traffic and a lot of links from, you know, wh when people do write a guest post, you know, for us, they link back to it, they talk about it, um, they share it in their uh, social uh, um, networks. And so, you know, it's, I think it's great for a lot of people. It certainly does help with the content production, but I think it's also, it's, it's really how you get the best links. I think, uh, today is by people pointing out, you know, your blog content. Uh, and one of the ways you really incentivize that, if you will, is, is, is to have, you know, people that are in your industry that make sense, uh, that, that, you know, want to write, uh, for, uh, for publications to, you know, to, to contribute content. Right. Now, a couple questions left. What are, some habits that marketing and sales leaders embrace that you'd say, and how do you encourage your team or how do you encourage anyone to develop those habits? Well, I, you know, I think you're talking about one of the, the third section of the book. I actually spend the entire section on, I, on the, the sales, what I call sales coach, yep. you know, or the, 
sales manager or the VP of sales, or quite frankly, it can be the owner of a business that has a salesperson or two. Um, and, and really a, a couple of things that, that I talk about is that in a lot of organizations, it's not, I mean, it is habits that need to change, but it's actually an entire culture <laughs> that, right. that, you know, needs kind of a shift. Um, and so, so a lot of what I talk about is, is, you know, who they need to hire probably needs to change, uh, but also how they coach and, and, you know, a lot of this, a lot of organizations have salespeople that they went to them tomorrow and said, you need to start blogging. You know, they, they, first off, they might not even know what it is, uh, or they, they certainly would think I'm not a writer. I, you know, I, I have no business doing that. Um, so I think that, that, that a lot of this, you know, you don't flip a switch and have inbound sales professionals. Um, I think a lot of the, the habits that, need to happen is you need to start cultivating and training and encouraging um, things like writing and, and speaking and personalizing content and actually working um, with marketing. I, th- I think one of, I have an entire chapter really on the fact that I think the sales you know, leader in an organization needs to be the one to bridge the gap really back to marketing in a lot of organizations to mm. say, Hey, we know more about the customer than you do. <laughs> we know more sure. about you know what the customer is actually saying that 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 is a benefit of doing business with us than you do, um, and and really start you know building kind of cross functional uh, autonomous teams where sales and marketing and service could actually work on building revenue as opposed to you know bur- you know working in specific uh, departments. So mm. you know I spend a lot of time talking about uh, uh, really those kind of changes in in the entire culture of an organization. Sure. And before I ask you the final question, I just want to let everyone know to make sure to check out the book Duct Tape Selling: Think Like a Marketer, Sell Like a Superstar. You can check it out over at Duct Tape marketing.com. I think it's also duct tape, tape selling.com as well, right? Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I'll tell people whether you get the book or not, I have, all, you know, I talk about a couple hundred resources in the, in the book and people and tools and things. And, uh, so you can, uh, um, check out, uh, the, at duct tape selling, I have a resource page. It goes kind of chapter by chapter. So if nice. you have the book, I don't know if you've ever done, been one of those people you read in a book and they, they list all these cool tools and you think, Oh, I need to check that out. Or I need to right, check that right. out. Yeah. And so now you can just read a Along and just go. Okay, <laughs> I can jump over to pay. You know, chapter seventeen, the tools, and uh, and start uh, checking those out. Uh, uh, cool. Again, even even if you don't buy the book, uh, it's it's probably a good uh, page to visit. Um, and I'll and and I can uh, assure you that Lewis Howe's podcast will be on that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I appreciate it. So the final question uh, that I ask everyone, which is, uh, what is your definition of greatness? <sighs> Well, oh gosh, you know, you, have you had anybody just say, I have no idea? Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. You know, to me, it's, it's probably, it's probably significantly different, but then I'll, then you'll turn around and say, no, every, every entrepreneur says that. Um, uh, but I, I, to me, greatness, personal greatness, at least for me is really just the ability to feel like you're doing your best work. You're working with, with the people that people that you really respect um, and people that you enjoy spending time with and that you enjoy getting a result for. And, and, and consequently, you know, you wake up at five 30 in the morning and think, yes, I get to do this again. I love it. You are one of the hardest working guys I know in the business and one of the, the nicest and most humble. So I appreciate you, John, for, Thank for you. gracing us with your, your wisdom, your information for all the amazing content that you continue to create year after year. 
And uh, I cannot wait to see you sometime with the next event soon, my well, man. I, I really appreciate you bringing me to your community because I know that uh, you know anytime that somebody does that and uh, opens up and brings somebody in, you know you. You, you are lending your trust, and so I appreciate the trust that you've shown in me. Of course. You're the man, John. I appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about what we covered, go head over to the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 67. That's lewishouse.com slash 67. You can get all the notes that we talked about. I linked up everything there, have all the resources we covered in this episode. So make sure to check that out. And if you enjoyed it, go ahead and share it with your friends over on Google+, on Facebook, on Twitter, and tag yourself on Instagram. You guys know how much I love getting pictures with where you are in the world. A lot of you are sending pictures of you at your work and how it's, these episodes are supporting you to get in the zone and in flow during your work. A lot of you are doing it when you're working out. You're sending these amazing, beautiful pictures on the top of mountains and at CrossFit gyms around the world. So continue to post those pictures over on Instagram, at Lewis Howes. would love to see what you guys are up to. And uh, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to have this platform and connect with you. Uh, each week. So I'm going to continue to do more episodes each month. I, mean, I was doing one a week before. And uh, as you can see, we're doing about uh, six a month right now. And I might step it up to uh, eight a month. So keep sharing this, promoting this. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And leave a review over on, I, uh, on iTunes as well to help us increase our rankings and get the message out there to increase the greatness around the world. Thanks again, guys. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.